Everybody, RB here. Welcome back to Philly Take with RB. You already know what to do. Go ahead and smash that like button for me. Hit that subscribe if you're new and hit that little teeny tiny notification bell so you're instantly notified whenever I upload or go live. Today we are back the afternoon after the Sixers drop a surprising, embarrassing one to the No Men Portland Trailblazers by a final score of 121 to 105. The Sixers dropped the 16 and 7 on the season, but still lead the Eastern Conference. But they dropped their second one at the Wells Fargo Center. And, you know, the first home game that we probably should have won here. Um, but, you know, some Sixers fans apparently think the world is over. They think the season's over. We are going to talk about it all. There is certainly a lot to dive into. But first and foremost, before we do that, I encourage you all, if you have not yet, please go ahead and check out Philly Take with RB on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow me, subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Help me grow this channel and this brand on multiple platforms. Thank you guys so much. And like I had promised, um, we're going to rate, read some of the reviews today. You guys have been showing a lot of love. You, you were definitely showing a lot of support here on Apple Podcasts. Um, if I don't read yours today, we will cover it in the next one or two episodes, whatever we do. Um, so if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, shout out to you. Um, the first review we have here is from Minto Broadbelt. It says, Philly Take has one of the best Philly sports podcasts. I highly recommend this to people who like Philly sports. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Next, we have my girl who says, RB is such a great content creator, not just for Philly, but for all sports teams. Love his work. So objective and down to earth. Thank you so much. I love you too. Lucas Holman, my man, says, great content creator. I would totally recommend him to any Philly sports fan. He's a funny person and has great content. You can rely on him to bring the most fire and honest takes and very consistent with his work. Lucas, you're not lying, my man. Thank you so much. My dude, Brian Santiago, says, fire podcast provides great Sixers content and never shies away from the truth. I'm glad that you said that, Brian, because we are going to spit the truth today. And, you know, we can't shy away from it. We can't shy away from it. Um, We'll read two more here. Shout out to Wicked Hagfishes. Says, RB is great. He's the go-to guy for honest Philly sports talk. Man always keeps it real. Thank you so much. And our last one for today, again, if we did not read yours, we will definitely get it within the next couple episodes because we have a very interesting episode coming out maybe Monday or Tuesday. So be on the lookout. We'll we'll hit the rest of them then. Uh, Jonah Lynn says, this channel is the number one Philly sports channel out there. Of course, has the best hot takes. Channel is the truth with honest opinions, and I highly recommend it. Make sure to hit that subscribe and leave a five-star rating. If there were a 10-star option, I'd do it. Jonah, you win, man. Thank you so much for the great review. Philadelphia 76ers obviously drop an embarrassing one. Um, there are a lot of takeaways, but at the same time, we know the Blazers didn't have Lillard. They didn't have McCollum. They didn't have Zach Collins. They didn't have uh, Nasir Little. They didn't have Nurkic. They didn't have really anybody. Uh, but guys like Gary Trent and Carmelo and all these boys, Robert Covington, came out here 
and uh, and played well against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I said before the game started yesterday, by the way, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we do live play-by-play commentaries for every game, so be sure to come out to YouTube because those are exclusive to that platform, so be sure to come and check it out. Uh, but we do play-by-plays, and I said before yesterday's game that, you know, I just wanted to get past this game. I, I know we would maybe potentially overlook it a little bit kind of like we did uh against before we played the lakers against the pistons um and it just happened it was one of those games the blazers were making everything the sixers seemed to not be able to make anything um and it was a bad loss there's you can't excuse it but um, after the game and during the game as well, Sixers Twitter was going berserk. They were imploding. There was volcanoes everywhere. It seemed like everything was burning down. Um, and I think that is a huge overreaction. Now, we have to start with one of the big reasons why that was happening, and that is this whole Ben Simmons thing. Now, listen, before we get into this, um, I want to say this loud and clear. Obviously, you can see I got this shirt on here. Ben and Joel, these are my guys. Uh, as a Ben supporter and a Ben stan, I have to admit that Ben Simmons' fanboys kingdom is becoming one of the worst, not just in the city, but maybe in the NBA. I mean, it is getting so bad at this point. We're, we're about to talk about it. Um, I have to I have to get this off my chest. But let me just say this. Ben Simmons brings a ton of value to your team. I love the guy. He was a number one overall pick. I've supported him since that day. We paid him big money. I want to see him go out here. And overall, I want to see him impact this team and help us win. And he does that. He brings a lot of value to your team in different areas. Now, maybe not exactly what we expected, but he does bring a lot of value. But getting to this game yesterday, the Ben Simmons fanboys, came, they came crawling out uh, uh, of their of their holes they came crawling out of their cellars they came crawling out of everywhere and they were going berserk on twitter um they were saying some outrageous things they were saying um they were saying that if we had ben simmons we would have easily won this game they were saying things about joel and b I mean, it was absolutely nuts let's get this straight the Philadelphia 76ers, would Ben Simmons have helped this team yesterday on defense? Absolutely. Absolutely we missed his defense. Would Ben Simmons have helped assisted some of these shooters and, and got them more space? Absolutely he would have. Would Ben Simmons' presence help a guy like Tobias Harris be able to create more space and not have such a tough matchup? Potentially, Yes. Yes, Ben Simmons helps. He impacts areas of the game and makes the game easier for some of these other players. But for Ben Simmons fanboys to sit up here and act like if Ben Simmons was playing, this is an automatic win. Simmons automatically puts up 20. Simmons automatically makes these shooters knock down shots. You're telling me that if Ben Simmons played this game, Danny Green, instead of going one for five, has, you know, six threes made. How do you know that? Danny Green is the most inconsistent player on the team. One night we love him. One night we absolutely hate him. Seth Curry had no points yesterday. Shot the ball one time. People are coming and trying to tell me if Ben Simmons is here, Danny and Seth are, are going to make their shots. Come on now. The night before against the Charlotte Hornets, Seth Curry had no points. He looks like a different man. We're going to talk about him later. He So 
The night before, he had no points. Did Ben Simmons help him then? Come on, man. I mean, we have to wake up. And the worst thing of it all is the Ben fanboys coming out and saying, oh, you now there is a different standard because Joel Embiid could not lead this team to a win without Ben Simmons on the floor, yet we get mad when Ben Simmons can't lead this team without Joel Embiid on the floor. Do you know how idiotic that sounds? I mean, it's, it's just so bad. People are referencing me to the Detroit Pistons game where we were upset with Ben Simmons. In the Detroit Pistons game before the Lakers, which we also overlooked, and it was a bad team performance. Guess what? Ben Simmons had 11-4-4, was early in foul trouble, and, and missed a chunk of the game because of that. Joel Embiid last night had 37 points. What else did you want the man to do? I, I'm starting to see why people view us this way why people view this fan base this way because it's not even us versus other fan bases sometimes it's us versus ourselves it's us versus ourselves and the the level of delusion needs to stop man it needs to stop it's okay to criticize any one of your players and want to see them be great and live up to their potential man it, it, that's an okay thing on to the next thing the Sixers lost this game because they didn't play with energy. They overlooked this game. They didn't play well. They didn't come out with assertiveness. No guys could get open, and when they were, they were missing open shots. Joel Embiid had, at one point in this game, 23 out of 25 points that the Sixers had in a certain stretch. Joel Embiid had 31 at halftime, and that was after the biggest scare, which, by the way, is my biggest takeaway of this game. My two biggest takeaways is that Joel Embiid is okay, and number two, that we let up 40 points in one quarter. But Joel Embiid being okay is the main story for me. Thank God he's all right. We need the MVP on this team. And at one point, like I said, he had 23 out of 25. The second quarter, he was just going off. He wanted it every possession, and he was knocking down. And then even after a huge scare, he puts up 31 in the first half in 19 minutes. Joel Embiid was the main anchor of this game, but nobody else could follow in his footsteps. Um, like I said, our energy was bad. The Sixers didn't even make a three-pointer in this game until the middle of the third quarter. We didn't make a three in the first half. It was one of those nights. It's okay. We have to let it go. And the main reason we have to let it go is because... Like I said, we overlooked this game. It was one of those trap games, and the Portland Trailblazers played hard. Some of their role players, I mean, look, they played hard. I give them credit, but look, you got guys like C.J. Ellaby putting up 15 off the bench. C.J. who? You got Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons putting up 14 off the bench. You got Mello cooking us. I expect it from Mello, but a 22 is a lot from him. You got Gary Trent with 24 hitting step backs. It's just one of those games, and it happens, man. It just happens. But we let up 40 in the third quarter. It was actually tied at halftime, and I was confident since we hadn't hit any three-point shots. But the main thing to me was our pick-and-roll defense. It's been an issue all year, and it just has not stopped, and it's getting brutal at this point. Um, Doc Rivers obviously didn't have his best game. Um, I didn't think the adjustments were the best. I didn't think he made any defensive adjustments like he usually does. I thought we might have either gone to a zone. I thought we might have switched some matchups. But it it's kind of like we kept going through the same flow, and, you know, this was a sloppy 
game, not only for the players, but for Doc Rivers as well. Um, I wanted to see some adjustments. I wanted to see that spark plug, but I don't know. Maybe we just didn't have it. But 40 points in one quarter is unacceptable. And if we continue to allow these guys to come around screens and get wide open shots from the elbow, it's going to continue to haunt us. I, I'm surprised that that aspect has not been fixed this entire season. It needs to get better. It really does. In addition to Joel Embiid, um, everybody else was bad. This was Tobias Harris's worst game uh, of the season, maybe. Maybe since the opener, Tobias finished with, what, 12 points? Um, he had 11 rebounds and 5 assists, but 12 points uh, can't cut it. 5 for 14 from the field. Um, in a night where you didn't have Ben Simmons, who it obviously makes the game easier for Tobias and impacts us, Toby needed to step up, but he was trying to create his own off the dribble. He just could not knock down shots. Now, I'm not going to go off the limb and say um, Tobias isn't an all-star now. He's he's downsloping. No, it was one bad game. I want to see how Toby rebounds from it. But overall, he's having a great season, and he's doing what he can. He's doing what he can. Needed to be better last night. He'll take it upon himself. He was pissed. He was he was complaining a little bit to the refs. Wasn't really getting any calls. Um I did want to see him be more aggressive. And in addition to uh, Embiid's 37, I thought he had a couple situations. There was one where he, he tried to pass it back out to Shake Milton with like two seconds on the shot clock. He tried to throw it to um, Tyrese Maxey, and it went out of bounds. Um, and it just wasn't solid. There were a few bad turnovers by Joel Embiid, not really passing out as swift as we have seen. I think the Sixers had like five or six turnovers in the first half. They ended with 18, so it was definitely very sloppy in the second half, and that has to be improved. Toby's going to ha have to be better, and I think he will when Ben Simmons is back in the lineup. Hopefully Ben Simmons, um, his calf tightness doesn't keep him out for a while, you know? Um... Like I said, no threes at the half. Danny Green had one three. He hit the first one of the game, but him and Seth Curry, they just do not really look good at all. I actually put a Twitter poll. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. The Twitter poll uh, was from about an hour ago at 63 votes, and I asked, do we trust Danny Green and Seth Curry to be consistent every night come playoff time and 54% say yes and 46% say no so it's very close you guys can let me know down below in the comments what do you think because this is going to be a main issue of this team like I said when Seth Curry and Danny Green and the shooters are not on what do we do we rely on our stars and B's going to get a ton of attention will Ben continue to be aggressive because you know sometimes he steps up and he's very aggressive and sometimes he just tries to find the open shooters will Tobias be able to be consistent or do we have the shot creator we need um but more importantly man like Danny Green and Seth Curry uh he looks a lot different I'm not I'm not all the way out there's fans saying to trade him already it's ridiculous it's every night you know people want to trade this guy and that guy I'm going to give Seth Curry a little more time to see but right now he's in a terrible stretch ever since he came back from the virus he does not look the same so if it, this continues for you know three four more games it's going to be very concerning and Danny Green I think we just have to accept what he is some nights like I said he's your favorite and some nights you just hate him but anyway that was very close I'm interested to see um how these guys continue to progress because in the playoffs in the half court set when defenses are tight and there's a lot of pressure on the perimeter what are we going to do if those guys have nights where they both go 0 for 5 you know what i mean um it's definitely interesting to think about the other thing i wanted to say is uh 
We are going to need, um, I think we're going to need a veteran wing piece off the bench, maybe, you know, a 30-year-old vet, a guy who can put up 10 a game, because our bench right now is iffy as well. It is. Uh, Shake Milton had 12 last night, and Maxi had 15, but don't let it fool you. Those were a lot of points in garbage minutes. Tyrese Maxi and Isaiah Joe, I feel really bad because... They were very, they're very promising rookies. I'm, you know, I'm not saying they're done by any stretch. That was another Sixers thing saying Maxi was done. But those guys, as soon as others came back, they got really just pushed to the side and taken out of the rotation. I don't think that was smart by Doc Rivers. I think you should have let those young guys keep riding with the hot hand. Um, I mean, Isaiah Joe came in last night. He hit a couple threes in, in garbage time. Maxi, like I said, in garbage time, but in the crucial minutes. And when Maxi has gotten minutes, he came in in the first quarter. Um, he missed the three, didn't even hit the rim. And he, he just doesn't look the same. And, and it sucks because we need that kind of spark plug. We need that production from those guys and I thought they were going to be able to come ro become rotational players this year now maybe it's going to be you know a little bit of a learning curve but I think we're going to need a wing piece off the bench that's going to be able to come in know his role and get his 10 to 15 points a night I do Shake Milton's been a little iffy as well he had 12 like I said but Shake Milton has been iffy ever since I think I don't know maybe the Boston game the Indiana game uh, Maxi really hasn't had a good game in four to five games when it has mattered. Furkan Korkmaz got the start last night. He went five for 14. He had 10 points, I think, in the first five minutes. And then he couldn't get anything going the rest of the game because they adjusted to him. I don't know how, you know, confident I am in Furkan Korkmaz the rest of the way. Uh, but we'll see. And Dwight Howard, two points and two rebounds. I, it really sucks because I love Dwight Howard as a person. I love his personality. I think his impact being, you know, one of the best in the game at one time is really good and beneficial for Joel. But Dwight Howard, ever since the first few games of the season, with a couple exceptions, the, the man can't make a layup. He can't make a dunk. I mean, there's an easy alley-oop. I think it was from Shake or Furkan, and he tried to throw it down, and he couldn't even make an alley-oop. It's crazy, man. And that was another takeaway. Our offensive rebounding was pitiful. We got out-rebounded on the offensive glass, 19-8. to Cannot happen. We had times where there was three guys watching a rebound. That can't happen. That's why I'm saying we didn't have the urgency. I think we were looking forward to Saturday night. And let me tell you, Saturday night is will be the test. After Saturday night, probably on Monday morning, we will be able to discuss where this team is at and what we really need, because that's going to be a testament to who we are. I said yesterday, if the, if uh, CJ and Dame ended up playing, I think we would have played better because we seem to play down a competition. This is what we did for the entire Brett Brown era, especially the last couple of years, because we were a good team and we saw it. We hadn't really done much of it this year, but we kind of did it the last few games here, and I don't want to fall back into that. Hopefully we get up. Everybody is healthy for Saturday, Ben and Joe, because these are our guys. We need them in. And, you know, if we come out here and we make a statement, we beat the Los Angeles Lakers. If we come out and play good defense and we can score the ball and lock down that three-headed monster, if we can beat that team, it's going to make a huge statement on the rest of the NBA. I, look, this game, yes, we should be mad about it. But at the same time, we also have to realize that it was the second of a back-to-back. -back. I know it was home. So it, it was like, you know, we should have won this game. But at the end of the day, we have to look moving forward and Saturday will be our hugest test of the season that will tell us really you know where we are at those are just my thoughts let me know all your thoughts down below in the comment section thank you guys for tuning in be sure to like comment and subscribe and I'll catch you on the next one
Peace. Perfect. Perfect.